Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another Tech to You Tuesdays. Looking forward to getting through. I have a good list of topics I want to get through with you guys this week. Uh, appreciate everybody for coming along and, and uh, watching us live today, uh, even though the Rad Show was off the air. So thanks, thank you guys for just jumping in and, and, and watching. Really appreciate it. Um, and as always, if you have uh, questions, feel free to email them in during the show. I got a couple of uh, emails before the show that we're going to go over today. Um, I'm going to try and power through as many of these topics as we can. There was a, It's a busy week in tech news and uh, some of the things I want to make sure you guys know about that could be very beneficial for you and then other, you know, just generally interesting stuff. Uh, with me this week is Jeff. Thanks for being with us again. Appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, of course. So um, we're going to start out with one that I think is probably the most relevant for the holiday, uh, which is we've got, what, six days till Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, and just as a reminder, next Tuesday we will be off. I'll be back the following Tuesday, which is the 2nd, um, January 2nd, I believe. And uh, so December 26th, the day after, I will be hanging out with a family family and resting and uh, taking a little time to myself must be nice it, you know it sure is i just uh I, I just wish everybody here could do the same but i just you know i like to give myself all the breaks i think actually sean sean messaged us right before this because I, he was like hey which stores are we closing for new year's because that's a pretty normal thing for us to do at tech to you is, is certain holidays we close certain stores just because it's slow um and that's that's you know christmas obviously we're not open on christmas day and uh, i was like well you know we typically wouldn't close them all and he's like great you can man all three shops we'll give everybody the holiday off <laughs> so right. so um first probably a relevant thing i want to i want to get into for everybody is um Apple was in the news uh, recently because they are, uh, they, they've, I don't know if they've officially lost this lawsuit or they're still working through it. The last thing I looked at was that they may have actually lost this. Um, they have two new watches that were released recently. There's the Apple Watch Ultra number two. It's their second Ultra watch. And they have the Apple Watch Series 9, which is more of the uh, base level one. And so think you've got like basically the $350, $400 watch and the Ultra is like the $800 watch. Um, Ultra's got better battery life and and features and screen and stuff like that. Um, The reason it's in the news and it's kind of relevant is if you were considering getting one of these either for yourself or for somebody else as a gift for Christmas, they will not be on sale. And my understanding is the cutoff date is gonna be Thursday. So two days from now, they're gonna be pulling these from shelves, online stores, Costco, Amazon, so on and so forth. Um, I don't know if companies like Best Buy uh, or, or other local retailers will keep stock of the existing inventory that they have until it sells out. But if you were thinking of getting one of those, um, I would recommend doing it today because chances are they're gonna sell out very quickly. They're pulling them because of a lawsuit against Apple, which implied that they had stolen um, sensor technology, which reads your blood oxygen level, which is a really cool thing on its own that like a watch can do that. This was obviously something that during the height of COVID would have been significantly more valuable. Yeah, that would be nice to know. Right. But. That was like one of the things. It was the the sign was like, hey, is your blood oxygen level low? You might need to go to the hospital. And I mean, it's not to say that that's not still a good thing to know. But it is a feature of the Apple Watch, the newer ones in well, particular. Yeah. Especially because there's new waves and variants and all right. kinds of yeah. stuff. So I mean, we know are... people that are out with COVID now. It's, yes. it's, going, it's going right, around. Right now. Yeah. So um, the the idea behind uh, pulling this was kind of interesting. It, Apple's not notorious for stealing other companies' uh, property. Um, but in this case, it looks like they might have. I don't know for sure. <laughs> yeah, it looked to looked to me like they had a meeting with some folks. And yeah, basically they met with a company that I think that they had considered acquiring, and the the uh, idea is that they basically scout talented 
their you know, best people. Rather than acquiring the company, they acquired they acquired the employees. Right, and then those employees presumably brought along some of the sensor technology that they had already developed, and it was IP to that that particular business that was that was uh, protected. So. Um, Anyway, now uh, Apple is going to be pulling these, which is a very unusual thing. It's not that's not a common thing for Apple to have to pull products from shelves for stuff like this. So, uh, if you were thinking about getting it, um, were you thinking about getting yourself an Apple Watch for the holiday? No, no Apple Watch for you. Huh? No, no, come on. No. Yeah, you were thinking about making the switch. No, you thought about it. No, you're like, if my wife gets me an iPhone, I'll give it a roll. No, no, I've nothing. had an iPhone before. You did? I, yeah, my first smartphone was an iPhone. Oh, I didn't realize. My, that. my mom forced it on me. She was she was like, you can't <laughs> you can't just keep using this bus flip phone yeah, anymore yeah. I need you to have the ability to communicate with me in such and such a way yeah. she, so she like pressed it on me and so that's that's what I had it was she like an iPhone time. 6 or sure. 4 or something I, for interesting a long fact time. iPhone 6 was the most popular phone ever like of, really? of all phones in history iPhone 6 was and it remains today to be c- continued to sell. I mean, mostly used, obviously, but the iPhone 6, if you look at the chart of all of the phones that have sold, it's, there's this skyrocket where the iPhone 6 came out, and it was because they had released some new technologies. The screen was slightly larger. The iPhone 4 to 5 was kind of this like this boring leap, and then the iPhone 6 was this huge upgrade. And to this day, it's the most popular phone ever sold, so I'm not surprised if that was the one that you Yeah, had. no, I just, I just wanted, I didn't, I wanted my phone to, I, I felt strongly that phones should just be phones, and now, now that's not what phones are anymore. <laughs> no, not so, at all, not so at all. I, yeah, yeah. So there's your, your, your initial holiday uh, uh, warning is if you're thinking about getting an Apple Watch, uh, get it today um, because they are going to sell it quick. Yeah, it looks like, yeah, you were saying it doesn't look like the ruling necessarily came down yet, but Apple was sending a signal or like, hey, if it's going to be like this, it's going to be like this. Yeah, so. there was there was an assumption that they could just do a software update that would halt the functionality of this device uh, so that they're not... Um, you know they're not breaking the law or what you know they're right. they're not violating any any uh proprietary agreements but the um you know that that's one of those things where you just say well i just won't update my watch and i'll continue using well it's a tricky thing too because if you've bought something with the belief that it contains certain functionality mm-hmm. and then they just remove that functionality that's a different legal right which is actually issue. my biggest concern for people is is not necessarily getting the watch but if you own an apple watch series 9 or an ultra 2 they haven't said this but there is a chance they're gonna do a software update that pulls that function from even working um just to mitigate losses from a lawsuit uh which would really suck Uh, i mean you you bought it with that expectation right so uh hopefully that doesn't happen i don't have one of those i'm still hanging out with my i think i have a series five or so something you have no idea how much oxygen is in your blood not even a clue you might not have any oxygen. i think i have one oxygens you think you've you've got you've got like like two or three oxygens just (laughs) bumping around yeah 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 they're just hanging out uh yeah i I mean considering i lose my breath when i come up our stairs every day maybe maybe i have half an oxygens that's what i yeah we'll see like like one and a half two and a half yeah 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 um so there's some some, some uh, relevant news uh, if, if, of gift giving. Uh, this is more of a reminder than anything. And um, Jeff wanted to uh, bring this up, uh, and I, I agree that it's a smart idea, is, is a reminder of if you're giving technology gifts to people, some right. things to consider. Um, I think probably the biggest thing to consider is giving a gift to somebody, whether it's for a holiday, like one of the holidays that you celebrate this time of year, or a you know, birthday, or a celebration of whatever. Uh, it, Giving somebody an Alexa, for example, is not necessarily a welcome gift. 
Right. Just something to keep in mind. Um, not all of us want as something that listens to us inside of our house. I do. I have tons of things that listen to me inside my inside my house, but um, I don't know that the average person does. Yeah, it's not as it's not as innocuous a gift as you might think that it is. It's right. one of those things where you want to know whether or not somebody wanted this sort of thing in their house. Like you wouldn't want to just give somebody a guinea pig, <laughs> yeah. you know, because it's like it's small, it doesn't, but they yeah. but there's a smell and and <laughs> there's also requirements you wouldn't want to just be like hey i got your daughter some drums i got you a saltwater fish tank you know just like oh great cool thanks yeah it's um you know thankfully it doesn't necessarily come with significant upkeep but there is concerns about uh what people would want in their house and that that um is just something to be mindful of when you're getting these things obviously if somebody wants one of these devices great buy it for them then the next stage is if you didn't get them something which is manufactured by a major player in the technology industry apple amazon google um they're, they're they're subsidiaries and if you're not sure you can ask um it's not hard to google it but you can reach out to us and confirm but if yeah. it if it's like if you bought a a smart home camera from envio like or whatever <laughs> some some name you've never heard of before chances are if you've never heard of that name they might not be very popular now that's not to say that that's always the case arlo is the name of a company who makes cameras and they're relatively well known in the yeah, industry yeah, sure, sure. um i don't love them but they're okay and uh, i would be okay with them pro- probably being on my main wi-fi network but uh if you bought somebody let's say an off-brand hundred dollar smart home vacuum very popular gift. Uh, on Amazon, it was like one of the number one gifts sold on uh, Black Friday deals. What does a smart vacuum do? Oh, I'm talking about like the Roombas. Oh, like, oh, okay. Yeah, like, okay. so uh, so you got the, and actually that's a great question. So you got the little uh, hockey pucked shaped uh, vacuum, which is probably about a foot or so in, in diameter, is pro- pretty normal. Maybe a little bigger, bigger than that, and uh, and it roams around your your house sure, and sure. Th- does vacuuming for you. And then even the really cool ones, they'll come back to their docking station on their own and recharge and continue where they left off. And they have like their own little bag inside of the charging station where they shoot all the debris that they picked up inside of the bag, and then you just empty the bag out now and again. There, there. Some of them are really cool. Um, but even the ones that I have, I have two Roombas, one for upstairs one for downstairs those are on my iot network those are on my separate network and it's because i am not confident in the frequency at which they update their software to prevent uh, me from being vulnerable to uh, a wi-fi attack so it's just a reminder that if you're buying any smart home device for anybody um, putting it on a separate network is a great suggestion to go along with the gift. Yeah, I mean if it if it connects to if it connects to anything mm-hmm. then it's a then it's an, a point of attack. Right. And you might not think about it being something that has access because because maybe it's a toaster, you know, or right, so, right. something ridiculous that doesn't ha- doesn't necessarily have any reason to be on the internet. Right. But but you you'd think okay, well this doesn't need a whole lot of access to do a whole lot of anything. Um, but the, the fact that it connects is enough. The fact that it connects means that somebody can use it as a vector to approach the rest of your network and the rest of your information that matters. And so, um, when you, when you've got, when you, when you've got little robots that are keeping your floor clean, um, you want to put them on your, your, your ex, your, your sub, your, 
separate your se- your second class know. network. Yeah, second. That's a good way to put it. Second class network. Well, because you were talking too about like with uh, with a bunch of guests coming into your home, and you've mentioned this before. But when you've got a bunch of guests coming into your home with all of their devices, and you don't necessarily know what what's going on with them and what how they feel about security, that maybe you want to put them on the second class network. Too. I highly recommend it. Your you know your brother's coming with his kids to celebrate the holidays with you and they're staying for a few days and they've got their teenage son with them with his laptop and God knows what on that laptop. Let's not talk about what he has on his laptop. All right, and uh, and he joins your Wi-Fi network. I mean, it, this is a great reason to have a guest network. There's no reason that they need access to your primary network. Um, so anyway, for, for this holiday, don't give the gift that keeps on giving in the form of viruses and malware <laughs> and Wi-Fi vulnerabilities. Um, be a generous gift giver and and recommend uh, a safe network along with it. And if you're the recipient of one of these gifts, uh, I w- highly recommend that you have those separate. Well, yeah, and also if like if you're giving it to somebody who does want it, but they're not particularly savvy, help them set it up. Make sure right. that it doesn't have the default passwords. And things like that. Or you could give the gift of a tech to you gift card. You know, you can call us and just pre-purchase a little service for your for your family member and we'll come out and do the whole thing for them. Sure, we'd be happy to do that. I actually my my parents are are moving soon. And um, God, my mom listens to this podcast now, (laughs) I think. I don't know if she'll hear this, but um, I was thinking my, my, my wife was like, what should we get, you know, your mom for Christmas? And I was like, let's get her a gift card for Ian to go to their new house and set up their Wi-Fi network. Because <laughs> that's a pretty pricey service to have me come out there alone and, and, and do all the work that they're going to need. And they're moving out. They're moving out uh, actually near Reno. Um, potentially, that's the that's the game plan. And um, I have a lot of plans for how I want to set up their house from scratch the right way with the right equipment that I can monitor and I'm so looking forward to just having their environment be one that like when they call me and they're like, hey, this isn't working, I could just open my laptop, check it out, check the details out, fix it, and then, yep, you're good to go. And I not only don't have to go there, but I can identify exactly what's happening on their network without right. them having to do anything crazy. Um, and and so that kind of that's the kind of thing we can do too. I mean, that's not something that TechDU does is we will set people up for success and they need help in the future where we've been around for a long time. So anyway, great gift too. I'll, I'll a little self-promotion there, but, um, I, I love it when people give the gift of a uh, service from tech to you because we do a lot for, for our customers. So, um, moving on from my commercial there, uh, oh, I got an email here. It says, uh, from who's this, uh, oh, they didn't have a name at the end. Uh, I was moping around at home, Sans, sans rad. Yeah, because they're on their vacation. Then I remembered Ian and co Ian and co are coming through with a tech to you Tuesday. I'm so pumped. Thank you for all you do. Love this podcast. That's awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks. I'm happy to be co. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeff is the co today. Um, so a couple other uh, topics I wanted to run through. I'm kind of going out of order. So I'll do my best to keep these in, in line a little bit here. Um, I got an yeah, actually, I'm going to read this first. I got an email from Somebody who had a question about Tesla, and that's going to bring up some other some other kind of fun uh, news that is interesting, uh, at least to nerds like us. Let's see. Let me find that email real quick here. So the email is from Kelly, and I'm going to abbreviate this a lot. This is from Kelly in Utah. She first off goes on to say uh, or starts by saying, uh, so I have uh, two, but um, sort of not really tech questions. The first one is not related to tech at all. I heard you're interested or that you're a TSO fan. So Trans-Siberian Orchestra is a band who makes a kind of electronic rock uh, orchestral music. Um, Did you know that they released The Ghost of Christmas Eve? Uh, I believe that that's an album that came out like four, five, six years ago, something like that. It's on YouTube and Spotify, which has much better sound quality. Do you and your family listen? Um, 
a little bit, but I will say that m- Christmas music with singing is a huge turnoff for me. Not my jam. Um, I like instrumentals. Whatever, dog. You know, it's just you know, just because you've sang in a musical or two, you know, I, I get where you're coming from. But or two, or two. Uh, yeah, the um, that I really love Trans Siberian Orchestra and and also Lindsey Sterling, um, known for her violin playing and and very uh, digital version of that kind of electronic music. Uh, that's my jam for, for the holiday season. You know, TSO sings too, right? Like I've been to their, I know. I've been to their Christmas I'm concert. Aware. There'd be a lot of singing in that. There Christmas is. Concert. I just, I like I, the lights and the, the, the fanfare are what I'm in. I'm, I'm there for. And it's fine. The singing's fine. It's just not, it's just not what I'm there. It's not what I'm there for. Um, you just want Christmas in Sarajevo. That's the, totally the mad Russian. Yeah. Those are, those are, those are my jams. I love those. Um, second, and I'll, I'll abbreviate, abbreviate this a bit um but basically what she's asking is uh she says um i have a tesla question are there radar sensors on the tesla side mirrors and and she goes into some backstory about talking about how she was standing at a uh, crosswalk and somebody in a tesla almost hit her she's basically standing at the crosswalk ready to cross and somebody gets to the closest lane which they're going to turn right so they're presumably inches from her because they're turning right right in front of her and um they almost hit her along with a couple of other pedestrians and then she did this thing where she uh, put her hand in front of uh the mirror and the person who was driving the car stopped and and it, it sort, of, sort of made it seem like there's like a uh, a sensor preventing the vehicle from moving forward and while it is true, so her question is, is that sensor there? Um, the, the first part of that answer is it depends on the model, uh, whether it's a, there's, they, have, they only have four that are out in the public right now, but even the year that it came out determines the sensors. My understanding is that there's no sensor directly on that mirror, on any of these vehicles, um, because what she was saying is it kind of looked like the car was freaking out a little bit, where like she put her hand there and then it couldn't move. And eventually she let it go because traffic's starting to back up and she was, you know, she and everybody else that was around her was reasonably upset about this person who was screaming at them about them trying to cross the street. Yeah, and I mean, my takeaway is that people who drive Teslas are the worst. That's fair. I, I'll take the criticism. I just, you know, it sucks because it's it's like if you drove a BMW before Teslas were bad. It was like you were you were known to be the guy who doesn't use your blinker, even though you could be a great driver. I'm not a great driver, but I'm courteous, and uh, and I'll take it. Like I I know what I signed up for. I I, I it's fine. <laughs> but um, yeah, to answer your question, I don't think that there's actually a sensor there. But I will tell you that. There is something amongst the Tesla owners that I know, which is that we are overly cautious when it comes to even the potential of an impact of a pedestrian or a, a, a piece of property that isn't our own, because there's so much news out there attacking Tesla for like, their cars broke again. Look what it was capable of doing. So I, it could be that this person was just be, trying to be overly I don't know, sensitive about not even touching you or, or something like, like that. That's so hard to say. But no, to my knowledge, there's not a sensor that'll actually stop the car. In fact, mine, I've, I've just for fun, I put a bunch of cardboard boxes in front of it and it, I could drive right through them and it sees it as a barrier. Like it, it shows you that it's a wall. It gives you the warning that it's a wall. And I was just able to just roll right on through it. No problem. And it, it, it does have like emergency braking, like you're hitting the accelerator and it sees a person walk into the road. It'll slam on the brakes. But if you continue to hit the gas, it's going to go. It'll it'll move forward for you. So what Well, because it would be dangerous if it didn't. Like, right. it, there's a lot of situations in which something might totally shear off your side mirror, but you'd still need to be driving to be safe. If it just right. slammed on the brake, 
that would that could be a real problem. You're, you could cause a multiple car accident. Yeah, one of the best examples actually is um, there's the the it's called like the ice effect. I can't remember what what the name of it is, but it's basically like your vehicle is stopped in a position where you can move forward, um, but there's a larger vehicle behind you which is incapable of stopping due to ice. If you can move forward, you can avoid a collision between you and that other vehicle because they they're going to just roll through that spot where you were and you will have left that spot but you might need to scrape along some other cars along the way or a tree or go into a ditch or something to avoid getting killed by, you know, a semi coming at you. So yeah, you're right. There's situations where you have to be able to navigate the car in an, in an undesirable way as far as the software is concerned, but it does kind of stop you initially. And then after that, it'll, it'll let you kind of move on. Uh, so an interesting question, but um, I, I was <laughs> kind of interested in reading that because I actually had some some uh, interesting news that is it is Tesla related. And um, you guys know how much I talk about AI and how much I'm interested in AI. And and a lot of people kind of put AI and robots in the same um, box. And they're really not there. I mean, like the concept of like we can just give this robot uh, access to an AI or a large uh, learning uh, language learning model of some kind and have it be like this self, you know, living creature. It, it, we're, we're really far from that, even as far advanced as AI is, is, has come in just this last year. And if it, if it's rapid pace continues, God, I would guess five to 10 years before we're at a point where it's like you actually have a, uh, an AI that is capable of living inside of a robot. So anyway, that said... And murdering everybody. Yeah, right? or whatever fears you have. That said, though, some of the robot things are pretty cool for, for simple tasks. And uh, recently, Tesla uh, put up a, a little a little announcement, and I want to I show this here on the screen. Um, so this is their, their generations of robots that they had. First, they had the Bumblebee, which was released September 2022, then Optimus Generation 1, which was earlier in, in this year, 2023. And they haven't been sued by Transformers yet. No, they have not been sued by Transformers for the name Optimus yet, but then this or is their Bumblebee, new one. Or Bumblebee, yeah. since it's a thing. That's true, yeah. Um, so this is their humanoid robot. I'm showing it on the screen here, and, and basically it's this like white-shelled, uh, and it's kind of creepy. Basically, it moves. It, some of its movements are very human-like. Um, the way that it can move its digits look a lot like a person, but that's actually because of the way that uh, our ligaments work to pull down our fingers. Um, they, it, it operates in a, in a similar way, so its ability to manipulate its fingers look very human-like. Um, it it uh, walks very very strangely, but it <laughs> but it it it's, it's the first because they've got this they've got this footage of it picking up an egg and moving the egg to a place. I really wanted it to do something exciting with the egg, like crack it into a frying pan or something. But so far so far it's just picking up an egg and moving it. And the demonstration is that it's able to grasp things uh, without crushing them. Um, and so that it's got that sensitive touch and it, the video implies there's some kind of sensors in the fingers or, you know, cause it gives a little like, yeah, it's, it's actually that. shown that right now yeah. as you're talking, which is really cool. I mean, it's, it's, it's smart to use that uh, technology, which it has existed on many different devices for years. Um, the ability to detect the, the force of, of a touch and, and where you're touching, like, tr you know, trackpads, for example, have that. Um, I'm going to show a couple of other ones real quick, just to give you an idea of where Tesla lies in the realm of humanoid looking yeah, robots. Yeah. So like I, what I thought was really interesting with this thing was that like um, some of the things that it did were really like 
like picking up the egg and moving and the way that it's able to manipulate its digits are, are very human. Um, it squats just like I do now that, <laughs> <laughs> and, slowly and powerfully and, um, <laughs> slow and power, but, but then yeah, it walks away like it's had an accident and, um, <laughs> yeah. like there's an embarrassing thing has happened. Um, but yeah, and, and I, I thought it was, I thought it was a little strange that, um, you know, some of it is so sophisticated, but but some of its movements are still not there. I think that their goal is for it to be as human like as possible. Right. Uh, both in its both in the way that it moves, but also its shape. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not necessary with, you know, we're made out of different stuff than than robots are. So there are things that like our weight balance and distribution are going to be different than what would necessarily be the case if something is made out of servos and right. You know, so, so there are more uh, organically moving robots that have existed for even a couple of years now, but they, they don't, they don't look like us right now. I'm showing the video of the Boston dynamics robots that that are doing kind of their dance. They're, they're dancing along to that, that song. Do you love me? Yeah. The, uh, the Tesla video ended with them dance with them dancing to some, they were having like a little Atlas uh, Optimus rave. And I, and I just thought I was like, We've had better robot dancing before. Yeah, yeah, Cause yeah. Because the, the Boston Dynamics Atlas, it could get down. It, it dances way better than I do. These things are crazy, yeah. And, and I think, if I'm not mistaken, some of the Boston Dynamics video is sped up, um, specifically with Spot. It can move very quickly, but I'm pretty sure components of the arm that is attached to its dog-shaped head um, are, are a little bit sped up here. But the, the concept, you know, is, is that we are at a point where robots are already super super advanced in their in their mobility you know like the ability to walk up uh unstable um terrain and uh and and keep their footing yeah, that, yeah that's yeah. incredible the atlas does parkour and it's nuts <laughs> like it runs along obstacle courses and stuff like that so um it, it, to keep with the uh with the holiday spirit here i i think if i were to throw a prediction out there we're probably i'm going to say 5 years away before people rich people are gift giving robots to their family right right or just buying this because you want something to do your dishes for you yeah or just to be like hello other rich people look at the three million dollar robot that i put in my house dude that's the thing that actually i think is the most mind-blowing is i don't think they're going to be anywhere near that that price like not even close i think we're going to be talking between 10 and thirty thousand, like the price of a you think they're going to come reasonable car okay Spot, um, Boston Dynamics, little yellow dog, mm-hmm. yeah, 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 is twenty grand. Oh, really? And that thing, it, it's it's base level. It's just the batteries and a camera and sensors and very very. It's simple. I mean, it's got incredible technology in it, but it's twenty thousand dollars for a robot that you could right now program to walk around your house while you're not at home, and record everything that it sees and then alert you if something is unusual. Right now, you can you can buy that. 20 grand for so less than the price of a Corolla. You could you could have a robot monitoring your house currently. It's not quite that easy, but I mean it it it, it pretty much, you know, you get a little lesson from them. Before I move on to that, I'm going to show you your last video. Sure, I was so I was you were talking about like the gifts that the rich people could give one another. These things actually uh are ready for sale. They're, uh, yeah, yeah, the to- and, and so, they are three million dollars. So I'm gonna read this here: Tokyo-based startup, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, this is um, how do you how do you pronounce the Subame? Industry? Subame Industries uh, just 
unveiled its massive human piloted robot. This thing, if you watched, what was the name of the movie with the, the Jaegers? Um, God, it's funny. I know who the guy who wrote the soundtrack, Ramin Jawadi, did the music for Anything it. Anything of the Pacific Rim? Pacific Rim, thank you. Yeah, so yeah. These these are these are inspired by an even older property, which is Gundam. Which oh is yeah, of like course. The grandfather of the giant robots. I'm given the American uh, recent, you know, sure, uh, sure. entertainment alternative. But yeah, this is definitely a very Gundam inspired inspired series of robots that they show. Um, especially with the rigid edges and sharp points, very well. And the 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 <laughs> the, the most Gundam thing about it is the getting into the cockpit experience, which is so freaking like, cool. Which they've got the big the big panels on either side and the screen in the front. It's 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 just like it looks like in those I, shows. And but. I think these robots are um, a a lot of fun because there's some really f- like fun things that you can do with them that are entertaining to watch. Um, but I think more important than the fun aspect, the engineering capabilities of a robot like this are pretty incredible. Like the ability to, to lift up a a heavy object in a place where maybe a crane can't go. Um, but also like in many cases, humanoid shapes as for robots are not necessarily the optimal shape. I mean, like for example, a lot of our a lot of our world as uh, people who live in a civilization is built around uh, the way we work. Like a fork is a really great instrument to lend itself well to eating with our hands rather than eating with our digits, right? But we can eat just fine with just our fingers if we spaghetti's a challenge. But you know, what I mean, like whatever. Yeah, whatever. Um, but a lot of our world is lent to our our shape opening a refrigerator you know wrapping your fingers or you know four fingers around that handle to pull it open with your arm that is a a motion that makes a lot of sense um and so a robot being built in a way that you know lives in our world with us being humanoid that makes sense because a lot of a lot of what we do but specialized robots don't they're not humanoid in, in in their shape because their function is specific and it, our shape doesn't lend itself well to a lot of different actions. Yeah, like Boston Dynamics has a couple of machines that, uh, like the we saw the Atlas and we saw the the Spot dancing around and stuff like that. But there's, um, they have a couple of other ones that are just lifting. Uh, they're just lifting machines, right? And they they move around. They're autonomous. They go. They pick up boxes, and they don't have fingers. They have. Um, cups. Yeah, yeah, they're these weird, they're these, like, it's just like a, an array of these suction cups that I I think that there's some sort of pneumatic pressure that mm-hmm. is created, but then they're able to use it to, it doesn't have to be like a flat surface that you'd, that you or I would put a suction cup on. They're able to put it down on an uneven cardboard box and just pick so it up cool. and move it around. And of course, it doesn't look anything like any organism that exists because it's specially designed for the tasks that it would be given yeah but for a general sense to be able to do a bunch of different things um one of the things that the the people behind this the this robot which i believe is called the archax and right now it's uh it's it's real slow it can like it it's it's got neat giant robot hands but it can only pick up like 40 kilograms or 20 kilograms or something like that It's, it's not built for heavy lifting yet and it's big, but it's really slow. That's going to be kind of the same thing with like if I doubt that Tesla will be the first to be in people's homes. I just as cool as their robot looks and and and, and its maneuverability, 
I just don't think that they're going to be first to market on this. I think Boston Dynamics has a really big lead on robotic technology. Um, but I don't think it's unrealistic for Tesla's robot to end up in people's homes at some point. And um, I think that, you know, prediction being, let's just say it's five years from now that people are actually buying these things. And, you you know, you walk into a friend's house and they've got their robot over there charging in the corner, <laughs> sitting on the couch on a charging dock or whatever. Um, and it does simple tasks you know it can do things like cleaning and it can do maybe laundry laundry is actually a, a really challenging one because laundry garment is hard shape, yeah garment shapes are challenging well but, and also the like fabric is infirm and so right it's, it, yeah. It, what's yeah there's so much that we could go over with with robots and, and their implications but anyway this was kind of interesting news was this release from tesla showing like where they're at and it is impressive. I mean, it's impressive to see how it operates, how it moves, how quick it moves, its ability to sense tactile, you know, have tactile feedback on things and, and um, be gentle. Also, it should be known that like most of these would be very challenging to overpower a human because they're not strong. Like you could, you could push them right over. If they tried to like hold you in place, you could, you know, just grab them and they're Motors all have clutches, which are not digitally controlled. They're they're mechanically controlled. So just like a drill that you can kind of adjust the torque setting on the drill. And then if you hold it, you kind of hear that tick, 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 if you have it set to one. But if you set it to like 15 or whatever, it's much harder to hold in place. That little clutch adjustment is set low on purpose because it doesn't need to be powerful, but also it would be impossible for it to overpower a human. Now, give it a knife that's a different technology or a different different concern but um, fortunately the boston dynamics atlas doesn't have hands yet yeah, it can't yeah, wield yeah. a knife it can punch <laughs> you really slowly right, but it yeah. can't it can't uh, uh i'm 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 excited for it though like i'm 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 all here to go get a $30,000 loan to get myself a <laughs> robot and just just to live like that sounds so fun and futuristic and I, I'll I'll be happy to sacrifice myself first to experiment with one of these. Well, and they want to put the like that Archex one. They want to put it on the moon. They want they. That's genius. Is the ability to use these in space? Yeah, they're like these things are so heavy, but they won't be a big deal if you're in space. But also, like the the idea is that their idea anyway is that in space there's not necessarily you don't necessarily have access to the uh, wide. Uh, the myriad sp highly specialized tools you want something that can handle a bunch of different things yeah so. there was a, a interesting i think it was the 19 hmm, i won't get this exactly right but like 1992 um when we launched the shuttle uh to go to space one of the things that we had we had this mission to basically get a booster attached to a satellite because the satellite didn't didn't get high enough in orbit the second stage thruster didn't work and so we had this satellite floating in low orbit and so in the early 90s, we sent up this like marvel of engineering to go up there with humans, I think four or five of them, to, um, to attach a new second stage thruster to the satellite to get it into upper or orbit. And that was a, a, a project that could only have been done by humans. We, we no doubt had no technology at that time and really still don't today exactly to have not sent humans up. But boy, it sure would be nice to be able to just send up a handful of these robots, maybe even 20 of them. And have them all work together to attach this thing and not risk human lives in this, like, you know, s solid rocket fuel jet propulsion monster that goes up into space. I mean, it's dope that we did it. I think it's cool, but it's pretty awesome, like, the ability for this thing to operate in environments that humans can't. You don't need right. to give it a spacesuit, you know? Anyway. Moving on to some other topics. I got a follow-up from Kelly. Kelly says, hey, Ian, no big deal, but I'm a guy. 
My bad. Uh, sorry about that, Kelly. Uh, <laughs> and he says it was a new Tesla. It had dealer plates on still. And the lady driver was not being cautious at all, which, yeah, that totally makes sense. Like, obviously, if anybody is um, approaching the right-hand turn lane and, and about to hit pedestrians, you even mentioned in your original email, I think, like, their tires were up on the curb. Like, this is just an idiot. Um, but I don't think, unfortunately, Tesla helped you too much in this case to stop them. I think that they were just, their idiocy continued. Um, I got a, uh, another uh, follow-up email here. It says, uh, the robot walks like it has to use the restroom, but but can run for fear. It would soil itself, which is so funny because that's exactly what we were talking about um, before the show started. Uh, Jeff, what was it, how did you phrase it? There was a comment on the video that said, it performs sophisticated, complicated tasks and then walks off like it took a dump in its pants. <laughs> yeah. Which I love. We were talking about it, too, because I was like, that's cool, because we can say that on, on Rad TV, but you can't say that on the radio or like there's limitations of what you can and can't say. So, yeah, no, we, we, were, we are in full agreement with that, that assessment. Um, so moving on some, some other kind of, uh, I call it interesting. This is, this is a good one for maybe uh, parents to be aware of, I guess. Um, Twitch.com or uh, .tv. Is it Twitch.tv? Twitch yeah. It is a website where um, people go to uh, watch other people play video games. And um, that's where it started. That's where it's it's making the majority of its money today. Um, it's riddled with ads. You can go click on a stream and uh, of somebody playing a game, and you're served an ad first, and sometimes throughout that stream. But they also have they like they break down their their viewing um, by game because that's primarily what you're there for. So right. if you're watching somebody play Minecraft or Call of Duty or whatever, like you can say, I want to watch everybody who's playing this particular game right now. Maybe there was an update you want to watch or see what the game is about. Um, it's cool for that kind of thing, just learning a new game without buying it. Sure, sure. And and also, it, some of the people who are on there are exceptional, and it's, it's right. interesting to see. It's always interesting to watch somebody who is uh, fantastic right. at something. Speedrunners or something Jeff is really into is just watching these people basically like break a game to get through it sure. in an in, uh, inhuman amount of time. Um but there's another segment on on uh, Twitch called Just Chatting, yeah. and this this section is like an alternative to games. You have Just Chatting, and and this can be um, initially it was things like, well, I'm really into quilting, so I'm going to show people. I'm just going to sit here for four hours right. and quilt a blanket, and I'm going to let people chat with me while I quilt. Kind of a cool idea. I mean, like sure, you know, yeah. uh, there's a lot of people who will end up with two or three people that watch them. Very very small fanfare, but it's like they have some online friends who participate in their their hobby or whatever, right? But just chatting very quickly turned into, because this is the internet, uh, yeah. basically like an advertisement for, for people's OnlyFans and straight up porn. And so there was a girl who got banned recently um, and she got banned for, uh, the, the actual reason for the ban was that she was topless. But she, you couldn't tell that she was topless. You could make the argument that she was wearing a tube top because it didn't reveal anything. Um, and so she, she. Well, it didn't reveal. Well, the, yeah. The things. It didn't review the things that you can't show. Um, so she tried to dispute it, and there's all of this, uh, uh, you know, back and forward uh, between her and Twitch. And eventually, what happened was Twitch basically said, "All right, fine. We're gonna relax our restrictions on this this guideline a little bit. So we're gonna allow people to reveal themselves." Um, in a in a in a more basically pornographic way, um, as long as you label your stream as such, and you can't just have like outright porn, but it was allowing very close to that. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, because there's a lot of there's a lot of streamers who are using their appearance to pull in viewers mm -hmm. and things like that, and and 
So this was just taking that to to a whole additional level. This is uh, this is a good reminder that this is a website which is intended primarily for kids. Um, I mean, the, the the target audience and the majority of people who consume content on this site are are under eighteen. Probably, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure that's the case. Well, Twitch says so. Yeah. Um, so uh, they they basically they re- change their terms and say, okay, we're going to allow this, and then two days later. <laughs> Flipped, flipped it back. Okay, that was a mistake. Um, and so now they've gone back, they've rescinded, and uh, you can no longer basically promote your OnlyFans as much as as much as they were for those couple of days. And the main reason to bring this up is is um, although things have gone back to what they were, Twitch is absolutely riddled with what is basically like PG porn. Um, and and. You well, know, or PG thirteen. I don't know. Yeah, I guess yeah, PG thirteen <laughs> porn. Yeah, it's probably a better way to put that. And um, it is uh, one of many websites that exist where you can watch other gamers. Facebook is one. YouTube is one. And each of them have these guidelines where it's easy for people to kind of manipulate the wording of those guidelines to to show things that are X rated content. Um, even something like I'm going to show how the human body works. And now you're doing it under like this medical thing. So you're just you're just looking at like medical education, which is something that YouTube would promote. But it is basically just an excuse to have porn on there. And so uh, the reason to bring this up is when your brother comes over for Christmas this year and has his nephew with him and they're on your Wi-Fi, <laughs> uh, you know, there's a lot of things that you might not think of that are on some of these social media platforms that aren't supposed to be. Um, and it's easier for kids to find. Um, I mean, technically they're allowed, but it's absolutely violating the spirit of these agreements, which is to not make X-rated content. So something just to be aware of, especially for the parents out there with younger kids who, do, who don't want them... Uh, yeah, I mean, like, YouTube is not necessarily a totally safe place either, especially, yeah, I mean, not only are there, not only are there people who are designing video, not only are there people <laughs> who are designing videos that are specifically intended to look like child-safe programming that then sneak in horrific content, right? because that exists, but just in general, there's a lot of, there's a lot of material on YouTube and... Uh, that's that's just not appropriate for all ages, and so it's not. There's not. It's unfortunate because it's because it's highly inconvenient. But I don't know that there really exists a platform that you can just say, okay, I'm good with my kid being on this platform and just leaving them on the platform unsupervised. Yeah, you have to be looking at what they're using the platform to do. Like a. Uh, uh the probably the closest safe example is like Disney Plus. Disney Plus is really not bad because the content that's put on there is not only not anywhere near as much as something like a platform like YouTube. It's not user submitted content. It's content which is created by Disney with pretty clear descriptions of what that content is and what you're limited to. So it's easy to say that, but Disney Plus has the Simpsons on it, and for the, sure, and the and it and it airs the the. Uh, what is it? The Treehouse of Horror mm-hmm. Halloween episodes that have some really violent content in yeah. them, and that that's on the platform too. Uh-huh. I mean, I, I guess what I'm getting at is it's easier to identify what that content is, whereas uh, or what the content is that exists on this platform versus something like YouTube Kids. There was straight up porn that got put on YouTube Kids because of people tricking the algorithm of what 
what videos can be accessible on there. And it's because this is user submitted content. So platforms like, you know, Disney Plus, Hulu, HBO Max, all of these are, they're curated content where you get very clear definitions of what these things are. Um, and there's not as much of it. So it's easier for you as a parent to kind of go through and figure out if this is something that you're okay with a kid watching. Um, whereas something like YouTube or Twitch or Facebook or any of these like user submitted content um, places, it's not moderated nearly as much as you would hope. So just something to be mindful of. Um, and obviously it doesn't take much for a company like Twitch to be like, fine, put your porn on here and then, and then freak out and realize that was a bad idea. Right. So I uh, got an email here I wanted to read. I got an email from uh, Richard. He says, in 2008, we bought my wife a laptop from... <laughs> He says, schmeshed, schmai. Um, they talked her into a touchscreen for photo editing, which for this particular laptop is a horrible choice. It's an HP with a seventh generation i5 processor and eight gigabytes of RAM. It's still running Windows 7, which initial reminder, not a supported operating system by Microsoft anymore. So generally not safe to run. Um, it was always slow from the day we set it up. Not surprising, unfortunately. Even after so many years, it has very minimal use. It has almost no programs on it. We It might have 15 to 20 hours of safer work web browsing. No, not safer work web browsing. Uh, now it's time to, no, now it's slowed down so much they can't really use it. Every click takes a minute plus. If it's opening a program, it's upward of five minutes. Can this laptop be upgraded and saved, or is it just time to buy a new one? Well, Jeff, what do you think? Well, generally speaking, if a computer does the things that you want it to do, then it's worth looking into repairing and or working. But it doesn't sound like this one ever did what you wanted it to do. I think that there's probably things that can be done to it that will improve its performance, but I don't. I like, you know, to, I like to pass that question for you. I like to pass that question to you because... This is the type of question dispatchers get constantly. We get phone calls. What do you think? Should I do anything? So our answer to this as dispatchers of tech to you would be bring it into us and we'll tell you. It's totally free. We'll diagnose it and let you know what it's capable of. Um, my initial thought is that assuming that the hardware is in good shape, what I would have done differently right out of the gate is that HP and many other brands are known to just put junk on their computer. So you, you get them home from the store, you turn them on, you go through the setup, and it's got... McAfee antivirus and it's got Spotify and it's got games built in and it's got a weather bug built in and all of these little things that are supposed to be helpful for you that but they slow the computer down they do and the manufacturer dumps this stuff in there because they get paid by software developers to put these pre-packaged software in their computer so if you're McAfee antivirus for example and you say hey HP, I'll give you a million dollars to dump our software onto all of your computers for the next year. Well, what they're banking on is that when that first year of trial is done, that they're going to get annual subscription renewals from their, their customers. And it's the same with the vast majority of software that they dump on these computers. So what does tech to you do and most technicians for that case, or in that, um, most technicians, I should say that, um, are familiar with the bloatware that comes on computers because there are repair technicians and there's kind of the service industry like ours, which is slightly different. We focus on the so software and user experience. We know the hardware as well, but we're not just hardware. So that said, um, the software experience is one of the things that we look at first, which is what is the junk that's on this thing that we can remove? Because you don't necessarily need to upgrade your hardware. Yeah, there's a lot of folks <coughs> will call in and they'll say, hey, I need to get I need to get this hardware upgraded. I need more RAM. I need a different processor. When the reality is there's just a whole bunch of stuff that's on the computer that's slowing it down. And that's something that um, in this situation, for instance, if, if 
uh, I put you on the phone with one of my technicians. They'd be able to get connected to the computer and do a free diagnosis. Um, and you don't need to bring it in anywhere or wait for anything. Somebody's just getting connected. They find out uh, what's on the computer, and then they give you a recommendation for right. what your options are to see if this is a computer that can be sped up. Yeah, and there's times where we're just going to say, well, it's going to cost you this much to have us perform the service, and you'll have this much of a benefit, um, which may or may not be worth it. You know, right. Ultimately, we'll leave that decision to you. We're not going to push you one direction or another, but we're going to give you an honest opinion of, of or uh, an honest uh, feedback of what the outcome will be if you decide to spend any money with us. Right. Um, another opportunity to plug tech to you there. You have free call-in, free diagnostic. This is a great example of that kind of thing. We'll log in remotely and, and look at it and tell you what it needs. Another opportunity for a gift is is that kind of thing. Somebody's complaining about that. We can. That's your last-minute gift. Call tech to you, and we'll set up a service to cover you know a computer repair for somebody. Uh, um, the other thing, just to get a little bit more into this, is is uh, the hardware may not need to get updated, um, but the amount of memory that it has is relatively low, and um, and and it runs Windows Seven. It is a slightly older computer, but it's by no means as old as a lot of the computers that come in here. That yeah, we there, work it on. probably can run Windows Ten, which is still a supported operating it system. It probably can still run Windows. It probably can run Eleven. I mean, just based on the generation, I'd be kind of surprised if it it couldn't. Um, but, but even, even if it couldn't, we could get it to 10, which is supported, which is probably my biggest concern of what you said, and then wipe out all that junk. Um, we give it a, a you know, a fresh installation of windows, if, especially if you don't need any data backed up, there's so many options. Um, but the, yeah, the answer is you don't need to go out and spend, you know, seven, 800 bucks on a new laptop right now. There's, right. there's totally other options that you could go through. Um, and, and that remains the same with almost any computer concern is should I upgrade or should I... Um, just go get a new one. And I think that if you don't know how to assess that answer yourself, calling somebody like us, if not us, is the best way to uh, to establish that. I recommend us in particular, not only because I should be self-promoting, but we actually give you free diagnostics. Right, right. It's not like a, a, a bait and switch where it's like, well, if you want me to finish the diagnostic, it's this much. We'll tell you how much it's going to cost to fix or upgrade or whatever it is that you're looking for. Yeah, and I just, I talk to a lot of folks who are, I talk to a lot of folks who are uh, paralyzed by the fear of what's what could happen. That, right. that they are believing that a repair for the computer is going to cost a certain amount. And so they're caught between, uh, they're caught between buying a new computer or spending a bunch of money on a computer that they don't think they'll like anymore. And there's, I don't think that it's a, I don't think it's a good idea to let yourself be governed by the fear of an unknown cost when there exist organizations that will tell you for free what those costs would actually right. be. Yeah. And, and of course we'll also highlight like if, if this computer can't run 11, that's a consideration that we'll tell you to keep in mind is that once windows 10 stops getting support, which I think is two years from now, then you're running another unsupported operating system. I'm pretty sure the cutoff is if I'm not mistaken, mid 2025. Is that that's for, that's for standard support, but not necessarily extended support, isn't it? Microsoft has announced that they will offer paid extended support for the first time ever with Windows 10. I hated that sentence. Yeah. Um, so that means that if you want updates for 10, you're going to be paying for them. And we'll obviously, when we get closer to that time, uh, we'll be talking a lot more about it. There's a lot of questions that people have from Microsoft after that announcement, but there's a little, a little uh, precursor for you. So... Um, 
anyway, great question. Great email. I appreciate that. I always love that kind of thing. And I appreciate the specifics because you are definitely on that edge of will it make sense or not? And we can answer that question for you. Um, another thing I wanted to go through was, uh, it's kind of, this kind of loops back actually what we were talking about with gift giving and technology that, uh, are you're giving to people in their homes that might listen to them or whatever. There's a company called, um, Cox media group Mm -hmm. and, uh, Cox media group is a marketing company which recently advertised uh, a feature of, of their software, which is called active listening on mobile devices. Um, and that means exactly what you think it means, which is that your phone is listening to you all the time and trying to sell you ads based off of the things that you say. And it is actually one of the very first indisputable sources of a company promoting a feature like this, it is incredibly challenging for us as technicians and, and people that work in this industry to provide proof that a, that a phone is listening to you and presenting ads. There's a lot of smoking gun, um, but yeah, it sure, it sure does feel right. like it sure does feel like my conversations are being listened to sometimes. I don't know that it is, but it sure does feel like it. Does. So much of that smoking gun can be explained. Um, and I say that as somebody who's a skeptic of a lot of large businesses and what their intentions are, but most of the smoking gun that we see, like I was just talking about this brand of dog food and now I have an ad about it. My phone must've been listening to me. There are algorithms that are so intelligent that it's difficult to wrap your mind around how they serve you ads based on your activity online. Um, but this company is, is outright saying we're going to listen to people. We'll sell this to you. Um, and we'll listen to your customers. It was not, the language that they used was not subtle either. Not at all. No. And so they, um, they had this, this, it was a blog post on their website about this feature that they're going to offer. And, uh, it did not take long for the blog post to disappear. Um, but thankfully the internet lasts forever. And, uh, there's a a website. Thankful for that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I guess so. Right. Yeah. Anything you put on the internet's going to be there. Uh, there's a website called web.archive.org or just archive.org. And it basically just copies, uh, websites and, um, and puts their content on their server. So anything that was ever on the internet for the most part, you can, you can find. And so there's a, a version of it that's available on web archive. And, um, I was reading through it and it's insane. Um, how does it all work? Advertise to the exact people who need your services. CMG, Cox Media Group, can customize your campaign to listen for any keywords slash targets relevant to your business. Here's how we do it. Number one, we create personas. We flesh out comprehensive buyer personas by uploading past client data into the platform. We identify keywords that they speak about. Uh, we have transparent tracking, so we tell you exactly what we what we do. This is funny. They say, we set up a tracking we set up tracking via pixels placed on your site so that you can track your ROI in real time. And a pixel tracking is, is long story short, like a very hidden way for the person, us as consumers, people who are on websites to recognize that we're being tracked. Tracking pixels are hard to see unless you're looking for them. Um, ad blockers do a good job of getting rid of this kind of thing. Uh, they can identify tracking pixels that are kind of hidden in the background and kill them from, from their operations. But this website is, is outright saying that we have your users use our service, embed our service into your whatever, and we're going to listen to everything they say, and then we're going to send you all of that data. Pretty, pretty scummy. Um, and so the thing that honestly I think is, is, is really only worthwhile for bringing this up is, A, I don't know if this company is actually going to make it. 
you know, I, I would be surprised if after the massive amount of blowback that they've received from this blog, blog post that they ever release anything that actually does this. But they had confidence enough to do it. And that is kind of terrifying because either somebody is just a complete idiot that works there that posted this or a group of people had absolutely no idea how bad this would look. Um, or they're just the first in a long series of businesses to do this. Um, thankfully, some good news, both Apple and Android have microphone detection software built in and notify you when you're being listened to. Yeah, it, the the danger is that it's so easy for when you're when you're firing up a program and you're like, I want this program, I want this program for the thing that it does, mm -hmm. and it says, okay, well, to do the thing that you want me to do, I need to be able to access this and this and this. Will you let me do that? Right. And the moment that you say yes, I give you permission, which you can always revoke later, but mm -hmm. who, I mean, most of us aren't going to be thinking about it. The moment you say yes, I'm going to give you access to my pictures, or yes, I'll give you access to my microphone, or yes, I'll give you access to my location. That company now has information about you that they can do whatever they want right. to. And potentially yeah. in perpetuity based on how you approved it. Right. Um, so the the point of this, of this topic is um, to alert everybody that uh, somebody was ballsy enough to outright say, we're going to listen to you. They said the you. quiet part out loud. They said the quiet part out loud. That's a great way to say it. They really screwed up by by saying this. But I, I, the thing that scares me most is that there is somebody who was confident enough to say, there's demand in the market for this, so we're going to offer it. And they're right. There absolutely is demand in the market for it. Um, the good news is that if you're using updated hardware and software on your devices, or if you're using updated software in particular, um, running on semi-new hardware, uh, you should be able to prevent this from happening to you. When you access a website, for especially from a phone, it should say something like, do you want to allow this website to access your microphone? And it would be very easy just to say, no, well, no, of course not. And then it doesn't have it. Um, where it gets a little bit more tricky is what if you're running Windows XP, Windows Vista, maybe even Windows 7? These are not updated operating systems. The browsers that are running on them are not getting regular updates. So they're not asking for permission in a lot of cases to enable functionality like listening to your webcam microphone without your knowledge. Um, there are protections in place depending on the hardware that you have, but all you need is a cheap webcam that doesn't illuminate when it's active and an out-of-date web browser, and now somebody's listening to everything that you're saying. Or watching you. That more terrifying, yes, potentially that as well. Um, so this is the, the, the need for updated software, and, and it's, it's, it's one of the many reasons why we harp so frequently on if there's an operating system that's going to be out of date, it's, the, it's one of the very few times that Tech2U will actually send a massive email to all of our clients and say, hey, heads up, I don't want to spam you, but please be aware that if you're using this operating system, it's not safe anymore. You know, it's it's it, we highly recommend you move forward. And right. it's because of this kind of thing. These are very real concerns. Well, and it, it's important, like with updates, it's important to recognize that software is an arms race. There are individuals out there who are looking for new ways to access existing systems. And as soon as they find ways in, then the company that maintains those systems, in this case, we're talking about operating systems. So like Microsoft, for example, will say, oh, they're able to get at our users this way, then they will seal that up. They'll they'll change right. the program so that so that that's not possible anymore with these uh, with 
Windows 7, that's not happening anymore. There is nobody at Microsoft who is working, whose job it is to make sure that Windows 7 remains secure as malicious actors out in the world find new terrible things to do to it. Right. And if you are running Windows 7, you are probably still seeing some updates come through here and there. Those are mostly... Oops, when we were updating Windows 10, we realized that this could also affect 7, so we'll release a free update for it as well. Um, so sometimes you get lucky. Yeah, like there was that <laughs> there was that catastrophic Windows XP breach that shut down the hospital system oh, in yeah. Britain recently. Uh yeah, it was I think I feel like it was like 5 or 6 years ago. I but, mean, recent enough that they shouldn't have been using XP. Yeah, they absolutely shouldn't have been using XP. Mm-hmm. XP was what had been out of date for 10-15 years at right. that point. But, but <laughs> the hospital system was still using it. So because of the because of the massive public health implications of having hospitals down and breached because of the security issue, Microsoft did go back and provide a fix for that. But you shouldn't rely on that. And they shouldn't have had it. And to. they shouldn't have they shouldn't have had it in yeah. the first place. So um, one of the things that's kind of good news to counter this, though, is that uh, Chrome is finally stepping up, uh, the last in line of all of the major web browsers, to finally block third-party cookies. Um, Edge and Safari and Opera and all of these other browsers that you haven't even heard of have been doing this for years. Firefox. Well, you haven't heard of Opera. Yeah, yeah, I know, right? Um, so... Uh, Chrome, this is so I'll just I'm going to break this news story down real short. We're getting close to the end of the time here. Chrome, Google has finally decided to update Chrome so that it stops tracking third or allowing third party cookies. And basically what that means is that it makes it harder for companies who put tracking cookies on your computer to allow other companies to see those cookies. So like, let's say, for example, I go to Amazon and I'm looking at um, Apple uh, headphones and then I go to Costco. Costco can look at my cookies in my computer, see I was on Amazon and see I was looking for headphones. So, so that we're, so that we're all on the same page. Amazon has the, Amazon is putting cookies on, on, on your computer to keep track of the things that you've looked for before. Right. That's a first party cookie and that's still going to be there. Yep. But for for then a different company to be able to access that, that's the third party cookie. Correct. Yeah. So your browsing habits should be yours to know and yours alone and the website that you go to will know those as well. But it doesn't mean that when you go to Amazon that Costco should know what you're looking for on Amazon. Or, I mean, obviously it can get a lot more malicious from there. It, it, it shouldn't mean that when you go to whatever private website that you want to access privately with no one's knowledge, that Amazon, Google, and every other major company gets to know about that. Now, unfortunately, Google still knows everything. There's no hiding from them. No. Um, I, I, I struggle with this because Chrome is still one of the most up-to-date browsers. It's good. Its functionality is good. The plugins work well. But they are behind the times when it comes to security at this point. Um, There are better browsers out there. Uh, Firefox has emerged heavily as one of the better browsers, both for efficiency and for privacy. And so if you're looking for an alternative browser, now's a great time because Chrome is kind of, or Google's sort of shown their hand here by, I mean, even releasing this information saying, like, we're not going to allow third-party cookies. And guess what? We're also not going to track you either. They could have easily added that in there, but they didn't. They're still storing all of that information for themselves. So nobody gets to know what you're doing except Google. Well, yeah, and they were 
they were saying like they have the incognito tabs, but they still kept track of the oh, stuff that people were yeah. doing in them too, and, yep. and feeding that into advertising information, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. which is the opposite of what you would want from an incognito tab. You'd it, want that to be something that you could search without, without it. You know, if 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 you have a if you have an interest in, you know, quilting. Sure, if you have an interest in quilting, but you don't want quilting to be the primary topic that is populating your newsfeed, then you'd open an incognito tab and right. look for quilting. But uh, but Google is uh, Google didn't keep those uh, those jars separate. Nope, they just mixed all the water anyway. So yeah, you know, browsers like Firefox and and Safari and uh, you know Edge, they they are good enough that I wouldn't have a problem recommending any of them. Um, and uh, I wouldn't say Chrome is the bottom of the list necessarily, but there are alternatives out there and it's not, it's not going to hurt to try them out. Um, last thing I wanted to go over today, kind of a fun one. This is a uh, AI news. Um, this is, I, I always like getting a little AI news it's not fun, it's terrible. when Jeff is here because how much he terrible. loves AI. <laughs> so there's this, uh, there's this new business. Um, they haven't quite launched yet, but the, they have a website. You can go check it out. It's called channel1.ai. So channel, then the number one, dot .ai. So not .com or .net. It's just .ai, which is a subdomain, which is or still cool, or, or domain. I, I love that .ai exists. Um, so this channel one, their, their goal is to be a 24-7 news station with what is just AI-generated content. And right now, uh, here I'm gonna I'm gonna mute this just to make sure that um, it doesn't annoy everybody listening. But I'm gonna bring up their website. They have this little preview video. I'm just gonna kind of play it while we're talking here. Um, and when you say it has AI generated content, what that <clears throat> it's what that means is that the the reporting is AI generated. Ostensibly, it's still supposed to be real things that are happening in the world. Right. Um, now the the <laughs> some lexicographers got together and they decided the word of the year was hallucinate. Um, and the definition of hallucinate that they're celebrating is when AIs make stuff up and present it as facts because they that a lot. think that it's the truth because they don't have any way of knowing. So hopefully uh, Channel One won't be hallucinating, but theoretically um, it will be presenting to uh, its viewers um, real things um, presented by fake people. Fake people, meaning AI-generated people, which are the people that we're watching in this preview. Yeah. And here, let's take a listen. Um, let me see if I can unmute this real quick. I want to see if we can listen to some of what's going on here. Oh, oh let me unlock this so that everybody can hear it. Watch this dude's hands, though. Today we're going to show off some of the technology we're using. Yeah, we, we just moved past the dude. With so the it's hands. terrifying to me. So he, he, he does this gesture over and over and over again. Yeah. Like in an unnatural way. But the part of it that's terrifying to me is that one of the times that he does it, his fingers miss. I, I saw that. And too. I was like, oh, I hate that. Yeah. Because like, it's, because it's, I mean, that's what a human would do. The things that we stutter on, our ums and our uhs, like I, I do this so often in, in just casual speech. Um, there it is. It picks up those traits. I don't even know. I, I'm sure that there's a better name for that, but it picks up those qualities of human communication, and they sound very real. So l- we'll listen real quick to some AI speech. Here we go. To deliver journalism that's fast, trustworthy, and accurate. Let's start with our Turn reporters. Turn this up for you guys. You can hear us and see our lips moving, but no one was recorded saying what we're all saying. I'm powered by sophisticated systems behind the scenes, and I can speak in any language. 
Για παράδειγμα, αυτή τη στιγμή μιλάω στα ελληνικά. Έχουν πεινάπανε ότι μου έχουν μπλάσα με ηνήλα, μαρούνουν έχουν μαξαλιτάνε φιλιππίνο. Για να έχουν θαμούρ πιέσα τερίουμ ίντρινίγκαλ γιούγι τυρκα μαρτύρχαλ ίντρινάν να μπουγυρίν. In fact, you can see even more language samples on our website. Channel 1's anchors can even be completely generated to have their own personality, appearance and voice. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure why they've uh, chosen to be in the places that they are, because it's not... Some of them seem like they're in newsrooms. Some of them just seem like they're in an office. Um, their personalities are... They have they have personalities as well that are, emerge throughout the video. Right. Um, the uh, the guy we were watching with the, with the hands over and over again, he's their entertainment reporter. Um, and... Uh, Throughout his entertainment reporting, he regularly encourages people to do things that are not allowed by movie theaters and uh, argues with the, the woman who was speaking multiple languages. Um, <laughs> he was he was like, so bring all your Halloween candy into the theater. And she's like, you're not allowed to bring outside. You're not allowed to bring outside food into the theater. And he's like, all right, Narc. Oh, and, wow. And that and that continues like he's it. It's it's funny because we don't expect it because we know that they're not people. <laughs> Real, yeah. But but and yet the comedy isn't isn't quite right. Like the timing isn't right. Right. So I'm not sure. I, yeah, I mean, even their speeches, it, it lacks it lacks um, some human emotion. I mean, as much as they're picking up on little traits and those are impressive, they, they are still sort of monotone in their speech. Um, the way we were talking about this before, but it, it kind of sounds like if you were listening to a dubbed newscast, so let's say that there was a news newscast in China and we were listening to it on CNN, you would hear in the background that faint, you know, Mandarin speaking or whatever it is. And then you would hear somebody speaking in English above it. And you would hear this very neutral toned person expressing and and that's kind of right. what ai sort of sounds like to me i'm going to play just a little bit more this is the guy this french guy who's explaining a tornado um let me see if i can get the spot that we're interested in one second let me play this real quick so here's the guy speaking french and this is a real person in a real and now experience that same clip but in english so now we're watching him and his lips At around 2 like a.m. I heard a loud noise, so I got up from my bed. I looked outside and noticed that his roof was beginning to lift up into the air. And then after 30 minutes, everything went crazy. It scattered all over the place. You see that? So it goes on. But what no, gets... that, that's the part right there. We just... He start he switches his accent from yeah. American English. Yeah, because he he he's he's he starts out and he goes hey, there's in part of the earlier part of the clip and he's He's saying, you know, the wind came and it and it and it blew the roof off, and we put these large stones here. And the, and I'm just like, I don't know. If there's a camera change, and I think that the algorithm perhaps failed to track that it was the same person, but it gives him a different a different English voice, different dialect for even though it's the same speaker. What was cool about that? What I wanted to highlight was how well they took a person, just a random person and adjusted their mouth shape to make it look like they were speaking English. Sure, sure. But they even captured the essence of that guy's vocal traits. Right. You right. know, it sounds like the same guy who's just now speaking English in a really well done English accent. Um, I think that's I think that that's kind of cool uh, in that it makes it easier for us as people who speak different languages to communicate with one another. Um, the ability to 
just say words and have them be heard in another language, especially like one-on-one communication. If I go to, um, you know, Brazil and I'm, I, I don't speak Portuguese, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't know where to begin. Um, and so if I could just say something and then have it be immediately converted to perfectly fluent Portuguese, that sounds awesome. Well, and right now there is on, on Twitch and YouTube and things like that, there, are, there is this phenomenon called VTubers where there will be, there will be people who are personalities, on-camera personalities who are just talking, who have a, have a following, people, uh, you know, they're, they're influencers or um, it's, just, it's just normal streams, whatever it is that they do. But instead of you seeing what they actually look like, there is some sort of animation or effect that's over oh, them. So yeah, it looks this. like it looks like a cartoon talking to you and it's mapped to register certain things so that while the human being who's being filmed that you don't see is moving their head or smiling or, or blinking. frowning or blinking yeah. or uh, all of those things are then being immediately transferred into this uh, this image that you're seeing and it could be a cat. It could look like a cat. Yeah. Talking, oftentimes. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's not even unusual. Right. And um, so I think that we're rapidly approaching a situation where you could have effectively a zoom call with someone in another language where that same kind of technology is being synthesized with the ability to, ch to change what your mouth looks like and the words that you're saying, there would be a, a delay but the, there will be a point where that delay is minimized enough where you could have a conversation with somebody internationally and to them it would look like they were speaking your language, right. that you were speaking their language, and to you it would look like they're speaking your language. I'll, I'll leave it off with this terrifying note. When you find your next match on Tinder <laughs> and you decide you want to FaceTime to validate the existence of this person and who they are and how they talk, and they use a filter that makes them not only look like a young girl uh, who's maybe 14 and speaks like she's 14, but it's a dude in his 50s in his basement. I should hope that you wouldn't be intrigued by someone who's manifesting as a 14-year-old on your Tinder profile. Oh, I guess Ian. yeah. I guess you can't be a minor on Tinder, huh? I guess I was thinking more of the protection you of better kids. Not, you better not be. They don't allow minors on Tinder, do they? No. I don't know. I've never used a dating platform. No. That makes sense, though, that they wouldn't. No. Yeah, that's... That sounded a lot worse than intended. I'll 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 roll it back. Um, if you're eighteen, sounds like a college co-ed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. You know, it's funny. I just always assumed. I guess like I guess I've assumed that high school kids could use Tinder too. But well, I mean, I obviously they, they shouldn't. I bet they are, but they're not supposed. Yeah, to Yeah, right. Well, okay. I mean, that 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 drives my point home then, which is that you know the most most vulnerable of people are are you know the younger uh, impressionable uh, people and it'd be very easy to manipulate them with this technology with a you know a facetime hey let's meet up let's do this thing and you know um god that's terrifying so uh um, yeah 13 year olds are allowed to use facebook they could connect with somebody else sure who has a an, an ai generated persona that realistically or convincingly portrays them as being another high school or junior high age yeah. person live yeah. like live. live like you could yeah, do a yeah, facetime yeah. and it would be a different person's face a different person's voice i mean it's like this is like that uh um mission impossible level imposter where you know you dress up like the president of france to infiltrate the government or whatever that tom cruise is doing in this particular movie 
and it's convincing because the mask is so good and the voice changing technology, but this is even better because it's digital and none of those human aspects can be seen. Well, yeah. And I mean, and now like used to be, you'd see these situations where there are kidnappers and they're, it's a hostage situation. And as proof of life, they take a picture of that person holding today's (laughs) newspaper. Like how are, how are (sighs) kidnappers going to be able to continue to show their, uh, the people they're extorting that the hostages are alive. Think of the kidnappers, you know, like it's, it's a real job. It's a real job performance difficulty. Merry Christmas, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, you know, uh, always a fun, always a fun topic uh, to go over AI. And and anyway, I appreciate everybody hanging out with us today. Um, Just as a reminder, we won't be here next week, December 26th. That'll be our break. Uh, Rob will be on uh, next Wednesday, which is the 27th. He'll be doing the Mix Picks show. Um, and then I will be back the following uh, the following week, which is uh, January 2nd. So in the meantime, I hope everybody has a wonderful holiday um, and uh, safe. And if you guys have questions, Tech to You is open. We're not, we're not open on Christmas Day. Um, but otherwise, you know, if you have questions about technology or scams or whatever and you you want to avoid some trouble uh, during the holiday i know a lot of these things can can kind of manifest as problems at the last minute you know give us a call we even we, we are taking calls christmas eve right mm-hmm. yeah so mm-hmm. we're going to be open christmas eve till five um so those last minute questions that you might have will be available for um give us a give us a ring send us an email if you have any questions we want to be here to help you guys and i hope everybody has a, a really fantastic uh, holiday and safe and i look forward to seeing you guys all uh next tuesday next year See you guys then. Thanks so much for being around. Bye.